Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show. It's all about attaining leadership. And that's the name of the company. It's Attain Leadership. Dr. Fred Petito here is joining us once again, excited for today's topic of, well, improving business decision making and getting to those solutions to some common causes of poor executive and team decision making. Before we do so, let me have you introduce yourself and company. Yes. Hey, how are you, Jill? Nice to see you again. Uh, Fred Petito. Um, I'm the founder of Attain Leadership. Uh, as you know, we're uh, an executive um, uh, coaching and leadership development firm that kind of focuses um, not specifically, but generally on on marketing executives, just because uh, uh, it's I think it's such a rich area um, for um, leadership challenges. And uh, I think I think marketing has really come into its own as, as, as a function in a lot of organizations in the last five, I would say even, you know, even three years since COVID. Uh, and I think there's a lot of opportunities for for uh, marketing uh, execs to to kind of up level their their leadership skills. So that's kind of where we're focusing. All right. Well, thank you. How can we reach out to you? Yeah. So the website is uh, attainleadership.com. Uh, email. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, of course, Fred Petito, and uh, it's uh, Fred at attainleadership.com uh, is my email. All right. So yes, improving business decision making. And you're going to give us some solutions today to some common causes of poor executive and team decision making. So can you start off by maybe just summarizing uh, the issue, you know, are the reasons for poor decision making uh, the same for executives, the same for groups or different? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's an overlap, right? There's a little bit of a Venn diagram going Mm -hmm. on here. There's certainly an overlap of uh, reasons why uh, an executive um, would make a poor decision and, and a group, but uh, um, there's certainly certainly some areas uh, that that we could talk about. It's a commonality, which is really around this kind of idea of cognitive bias and how people um, perceive information, how they interpret it, and how they act on it. Um, but when you get to the group uh, dynamic, there's a whole social element to it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that has a, a, a really profound effect on, on group decision making. And uh, you know, sometimes you would you would hope that groups um, are able to make better decisions than an individual, um, and sometimes that is the case. But but oftentimes it's not. And some of these social dynamics that um, I'm going to mention later kind of ex- it kind of ex- um, extrapolate and 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 make the issue worse. Uh, so I'll talk first about uh, the executives. Uh, and the kind of the, the individual decision maker, mm-hmm. uh, and um, you know, I think the, the first the first point we want to make is that when people make when groups make bad decisions, it's not because they're dumb or because they're you know inept. Um, many times, um, the way we uh, process information um, is uh, does us in, if you will, and 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 makes us deviate from. Um, kind of what a reasonable person would decide, a reasonable group would to decide, and it's even more difficult when inf- and this is not the exception. This is the norm mm-hmm. when information is confusing, uh, when it's when it's uh, there's a lot of chaos around it, uh, when things are unpredictable. Um, you know, you get this 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 kind of uh, uh, this dynamic going on, um, and it becomes your decision making abilities kind of break down. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes people, then, then, then the, the emotion kicks in, uh, people, um, um, they, uh, start leaning on the past experience. They become afraid to act. 
uh, and then they act on intuition instead of logic and facts, right? And intuition's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing, um, but if it's not um, grounded in, in, yeah. in the facts okay. or, or logic, that's where you get into trouble. So, um, I, you know, I, I, there's been so much research in the last 15, 20 years and so much kind of uh, writing and uh, in, in, in kind of the popular business press, if you will, about, about cognitive biases. And I, I think they're important to, to kind of touch on. Uh, I think some of the things that cause a lot of executives um, to, to make bad decisions are, are simple things. Um, you know, one group is called these action-oriented biases. It's, a, it's this idea that um, we're overconfident, right? We, we, we overestimate our skill uh, and, and, um, and we underestimate the complexity of things. And, and so I think one of the first things people could do is just check your, your confidence and, and be a little humble. Um, there's another big kind of category of, of biases, right, which is related to how we perceive uh, and evaluate alternatives. Um, you know, you may have heard of these things like the confirmation bias. We, mm -hmm. we place uh, extra value on evidence consistent with um, something we want to believe, right? We, we look for things that confirm our, our uh, suspicion. We, we anchor on things that um, are, are presented first. Uh, and so if, you know, a, a big, a big uh, um, negotiating ploy is to get someone to anchor on a, on a higher number initially so that um, their, their frame of reference for negotiating uh, is, is higher, right? So mm -hmm. um, we, we, we overvalue um, the first thing that comes, that comes to mind. Later, we'll talk a little bit about groupthink. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so there's, there's all these things that kind of get in the way uh, of decision making that are, you know, kind of unfortunately, they're a little, they're a little subconscious, right? You really don't know uh, about them, you know, what, every business school student. Mm, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. What are some of the common uh, causes of this poor executive decision making, would you say? I think it's just the way the, the brain is wired, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel that um, there's, been, there's been so much. Uh, you know, starting with uh, Daniel Kahneman, who's a, this, this Nobel uh, laureate uh, who wrote a book about, I guess, about eight, ten years ago called Thinking Fast and Slow. He talks about these two these two decision-making or two judgment-forming systems we have. Um, and, you know, I think the, the, the key message is that 90-plus percent of our decision-making is intuitive. It's, a, it's, it's kind of emotionally driven. It's based on um, our... our um, uh, this amazing ability we have to simplify the world around us. And it's a great thing most of the time. But um, when we don't have experience with the topic, that's when we get into trouble. And so this this kind of in instinctive um, decision making system kind of rules rules the day. Um, so in order for us to in order for people and executive anybody to make really informed decisions, they really have to be very intentionally. They have to slow themselves down. They have to get out of their default um, reactive uh, way of thinking uh, and and disrupt their their um, their habit. Uh, so that that's a that's that's you know there's a ton of research. It's very well kind of established this dual processing system, if you will. Um, and um, so I, I think there certainly are some things you think about an executive uh, who. Um, you know, as the more senior you become, uh, of course, 
senior executives, they have a C-suite, they have a board, but sometimes decision-making has to be kind of made in, in isolation. Um, and so what is a, what is an executive to do, right? How do you, you have all these, this kind of um, hardwired uh, predisposition to fast decision-making, you know, the, 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 the behavioral science call this, uh, I think, fast and frugal. It, you know, it's fast because uh, it's easy and frugal is we're lazy. We're a lazy species. We want to fo follow the path of least resistance. Whatever is the easiest way forward, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're probably gonna lean on that. And so, one of the things you could do is uh, become become aware uh, of that um, of that thought process, right? Uh, and so, um, and and try to manage it. Also, the way data comes to us sometimes can be very confusing. Um, sometimes uh, data is uh, very, this idea called saliency. Uh, and that means that data, which is easy to comprehend and easy to um, uh, interpret, becomes, uh, uh, gives, is given more weight. So, you know, just because something is really an easy explanation for something that's maybe become more complex, that doesn't mean that's the right data. So you need to, again, catch that, be aware of that. Um, you know, uh, contextual data is also a big thing. It, um, you know, there's, there's this famous study where, um, you know, shoppers are, are, are shown this uh, one promotion that says, uh, this product is 80% is lean ground beef, uh, whereas this product is beef with 20% fat. So that's the same thing, it's just framed differently. So um, people would say, oh, wow, that first option is much healthier. It's 80% lean ground beef. Um, the other option is 20% fat, even though it means the same thing. You, you got you to kind of, it's like, you know, it's almost like you're taking an SAT. You got to like be aware of, of how the questions are, are framed and how the data is framed. Um, and then I think the final big thing is uh, this pattern data, right? Um, when um, it, it's called it, in, in, in sports, it's called the, the, the hot hand fallacy. You know, if somebody hits four, a basketball player hits four, you know, three pointers in a row, you know, the expectation is they're going to hit it again, right? But the odds of that person hitting another four, three pointer are, are, are no different. Um, so that pattern data sometimes, because we see patterns, we think it's going to, it's going to follow that pattern. The, the, the odds of that same event happening again are the same, regardless of the three or, or three or four three pointers that, that that shooter just took. So I think, you know, there, there's a lot of things that um, I, I executives can do. I think the, the big, the, the, this falls under the whole pattern of just slow down and try to, you know, be a little bit more intentional. Uh, about your decision making. Awesome. And also let's remind everyone who we're talking to, Fred Petito at Attain Leadership and how we can reach you. Yeah, attainleadership.com uh, on LinkedIn and uh, Fred Petito at, uh, I'm sorry, Fred at attainleadership.com. This is my email. Awesome. And now we're going to talk about some strategies and ways we can maybe overcome um, some of these things, I'm hoping, right? Yeah, I mean, I, th I, think, I think we just kind of talked about them. I think mm -hmm. the... Um, I think another big thing that executives could do is, is, is be aware of their decision-making style. Uh, and um, if they are um, too decisive or, okay. or, or too instinctive, intuitive, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I make decisions from the gut. Okay, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you're presented with things that are outside, with, with decisions that are outside of your domain of expertise, 
or there's a lot of ambiguity and confusion or in, uh, um, uncertainty, your gut is, is probably not going to be your best place to go. That's when you get a, get a little bit more deliberate and think about, um, you know, those those things that, you know, slowing down, thinking about that salient data and, and look at the context of the of, of the information before you look at look at the patterns that you're seeing. And uh, I think it's, you know, the, the the those two systems I talked about earlier, the, the second system is much more intentional and deliberate and much slower. You got to figure out a way to um, kind of activate that. And if you can't activate it, it, you know, if you have the yeah. ability, put some systems in place um, to force you to to think more deliberately and more more thorough about 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 a complicated decision. Um, so I, I think a really interesting, also interesting topic is, is kind of how groups make decisions. And you know, everybody's heard this concept of groupthink. You know, it's been this concept has been around for about fifty years now, and um, I, I I don't know if if there's such a thing uh, if the data necessarily the research actually establishes that there's this thing called groupthink, but there are definitely um, groups do often fail to live up to their potential when it comes to decision making, mm-hmm. and you said it's the a whole two different ball that, game, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a whole yeah, it's a whole different ball game, and. Um, yeah, you know, what the research says is that um, there are these things called informational singles. The people um, they 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 do want to um, follow. There's a, there's a tendency to follow the herd. You know, there's a tendency mm-hmm. to want to comply to True. to not be a, a an outlier, uh, and so they look for singles from their peers. And many times they they get those singles wrong. Uh, and so those those informational singles uh, tend to lead teams astray, and then there's there's, there's a reputational aspect to it, right? Um, some people will, will silence themselves. I know I've done this. I, I you know it, it, or they'll or they'll comply with a with a view they don't believe to avoid some kind of penalty, to avoid um, disapproval, or you know the the the, the pressure to conform in a group. And in large organizations, we we know are is very strong, and so people tend to um, leave their personal um, judgment at the door and kind of they just comply with whatever is easiest. And so you have these two things: informational singles that oftentimes are misinterpreted, and the reputational pressures. And you know the problem with groups um, is that when these dynamics happen, is they'll 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 not only make a bad decision, they'll amplify the bad decision. Uh, and so, you know, um, you know, so, so it's, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty, pretty difficult situation. Um, when a group is making a bad decision and then, you know, because of, uh, pressure, reputational pressure that they, they pursue, uh, collectively a bad decision that they would have, you know, maybe pursued individually. So, so, so group decision making is kind of kind of a kind of a, a tough area. Got it. Well, also, do you want to talk? Maybe give us some examples of some specific problems that have occurred, and uh, maybe what you foresee. Could you share a little bit about that, and then you know, you know, what we could do to kind of help this and change this and improve these type of decisions? Yeah, I just so I just talked about this amplification effect, right? I think I think there's also. Um, um, a little bit of polarization um, when you have um, a group becomes polarized if they take up 
um, positions um, that are that are more extreme because of this this amplification. Um, and so I, I think I think the the real um, um, it, the real issue here is that um, they tend to focus on what they know already as a group. They tend to they tend to focus on uh, what's their comfort zone, uh, and they don't take into account critical information um, that an expert on the team or a junior person on the team mm-hmm. will have. So that's why diversity of of of, uh, of groups is really important. Uh, and that's why also making sure everybody has a, a voice uh, in, a, in a group is really important. And, and many times, you know, we know that um, in a lot of organizations, you know, the leader, the leaders, their uh, their, their opinion will, will um, have significantly more kind of weight than, than a junior person. Um, so, so you know, one of the first things you want to do when 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 making to make a group smarter, to make group decision making better, um, is to silence the leader, right? Um, you, you certainly don't want to exclude them, um, but um, if they are able to censor themselves a little bit um, and not um, um, promote their their views early uh, and let the team kind of you know stew on it, right? Come up with ideas. Uh, I, I think it's a very practical, easy solution. Um, you know, again, that's not always easy because leaders, you know, sometimes their their ego gets in the way or. Um, they have higher status than, than the folks on their teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so what they could do is model an open mind, right? And, and ask for ask for candid opinions uh, and, and simplify the problem. Um, and I, I think that's the first thing. Um, I think another thing is, um, is encouraging critical thinking, you know, asking people um, – to think, you know, maybe go off on their own, think about it critically, come come with a few points uh, to to the to the group, right? So I think one of the worst things that I've seen happen over and over again is you, you have a group that has to make a tough decision, and they've got to make it in the decision of a thirty minute meeting, uh, and, and you know, there's you're then subject to um, if you're even on a Zoom call, you know, it's like the loudest voice gets the most attention or, you know, the, the most senior person gets the voice just to speak first. I think you want to take that, that kind of social dynamic out of it and, and, and um, uh, help people go off and, and, and um, think critically about it and then come back uh, with, their, with their thoughts and their ideas. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing is um, rewarding group, group success. Uh, you know, acknowledging and rewarding uh, groups uh, and decision making, and a lot of organizations don't tend to do that. They tend to they tend to reward uh, individual contribution. Um, so yeah, there's a few other things. Appointing a devil's advocate is always a good thing. Could run you could get into a little bit of trouble with that if they're if they're too uh, um, uh, controversial. Um, assigning roles this is where a leader could instead of a leader saying, "Hey, this is." This is how I think we got to go forward with this. Assign roles, break the problem down to, into component parts, and if there's four or five people, give each of them a, a role uh, uh, and something uh, that they need to come and report back to the team about. So this especially works well if you have different experts uh, across a problem. Beautiful. And, and uh, just like my my computer's stuck, so I'm trying to move up the chat and I can't. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> what else yeah, did you no. want to share, Fred? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a big thing. I think I think mm-hmm. the last idea here is 
uh, anonymity, right? Because I think the, the biggest issue with group decision making um, and team decision making is the pressure to conform, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about that reputational pressure before. Um, and we talked about, uh, you know, the informational signals we're getting from each other and are they thinking what I'm thinking or what does the boss want or, and so, um, if, if it's a really big decision, um, I think bringing a, a certain amount of anonymity to the decision is, is going to be really effective because, uh, really what you want, um, especially as, as a group leader or as an organization, you want to unlock all the different insights and, and, and ideas from all your different people. That's why a diversity of, 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 of team members and, and diversity of, of experiences and perspective is, is such a powerful thing for groups. When you remove those social pressures, that reputational pressure and the informational business I talked about, and you just give people an opportunity to, to provide their opinion anonymously, I think that's the best uh, of, of, of all worlds. But then again, many times these decisions need to be made in, in real time, and that doesn't, that's not a luxury, but I think that's a, a, a worthy uh, area to explore for, uh, for you know, a team leader, a group leader, uh, to get better decisions out of their, out of their group. And with your background and experience, uh, which some people may not know if they're new to the show today, I think it's important that you just remind us of all the background uh, that you have in this field, hence your company and all you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, do, I have been um, kind of a C-level uh, executive, C-level marketer for uh, over 15 years and have worked um, on a lot of glo large global uh, brands and also, you know, some smaller kind of um, smaller businesses as well. But I've done, um, you know, marketing across every, you know, uh, every every dimension of marketing from from brand planning and brand strategy to digital and social media, uh, data analytics, and and you know, one of the things that I've done in my career a few times was build and lead uh, multi-discipline uh, marketing teams. So you know, a brand strategist, a media person, a social media person, a data analytics person, you, you know, et cetera. And, and, and so the group decision making, um, you know, that 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 gave me a lot of experience on how to unlock all the all the talent and uh, and and knowledge of of these specialists, right? And you know, in, in those roles, when I was in a chief strategy officer role, for example, and I had five or six disciplines reporting into me, you know, I'm I'm not the expert. Um, you know, the person who's in charge of media knows far more about media than I do. Etc. So my my job isn't to, is, you know, come to them with answers. My job is to is to help the team um, uh, operate at a higher level by presenting things in a way that's productive, by organizing them in a way that's productive, and activating them. And in, in the in the case of a of a big decision, that unlocks their specialization and their tech and their and their special talents. And then you know collectively having the group come up with what is the, you know, hopefully the best decision. So, so I, I have a lot of experience in, in this area. And I think it's a, um, yeah, I think, I think for me, I, I personally think it's just a skill. It's, it's something that you need to work on. That's why I think a coach uh, is, is such a, a valuable resource uh, to help with this kind of a, um, a, a capability, which again, I don't, I don't think it's something that um, comes naturally. It didn't come naturally to me, of course. Uh, and I don't think it comes naturally to a lot of other folks. Well, thank you for being here, for joining us. And how did you want to kind of sum up today's uh, conversation for everyone? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the net net of it is that um, you know, listen, they're run of the mill decisions. Everybody mm-hmm. makes simple decisions. What am I going to have a lunch today? Is a simple decision. Um, but you know, in business, many times decisions um, are not run of the mill. They're not simple, and many times they're of the first instance. Right? They're complex. I don't really have experience in this area. The information may be incomplete. Um, so I, I think that the self-aware you know leader self-aware executive uh, or team leader a group leader uh, needs to um, take into account that um, you know hey we making great decisions or even good decisions in the situation is not easy uh, we got to slow our process down uh, we need to think about um, kind of think about how we're thinking about this decision and be aware of some of these biases you know it's not easy to to be aware of the loss aversion bias when it's happening to you because it's a bias, it's, it's subconscious. Um, but if you try to take your kind of intuition, instinct and emotion out of it and be a little bit more deliberate and create some checks and balances for yourselves, maybe just make a list, pros and cons, right? So it's just slowing that instinctive decision-making down. And it's the same thing for teams, right? It's taking the, and the team's actually a little different. It's about, it's about minimizing the the social dynamic that happens on teams that um, oftentimes encourages this this group thing, if you will, uh, and ultimately um, many times results in bad decisions. Um, so I, I think that's a, that's the way I would summarize it for the for the exec and for the team or group uh, decision making. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for today. Would you mind sharing uh, again your best form, all forms of contact, please? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Fred Petito on LinkedIn. Uh, attainleadership.com and fred at attainleadership.com is my email. Perfect. And thank you again for being here as always. And thank you for being so uh, efficient and uh, detailed oriented. We appreciate that. A lot of the details go into this and hard work and it's a good conversation I think for those obviously that need some help and who doesn't. So Attain Leadership, uh, go reach out to Fred and we'll talk soon, okay? Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye, everyone. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is, like, busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.